What's up everybody? Welcome to another training session. This one today, open to all. Come one, come all. Wow. Everybody is in on this particular training session today. Excited to dive into it. Joined by, uh, as always, the uh, valedictorian <laughs> of the class of 1996 at Polly? Was it Polly? No, Ramona. 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 I'm sorry. See, I, I screwed the no. whole thing up. No, we're not. I'm the not valedictorian of the 1996 graduating class of Ramona High School, Brian And no, I'm never Chalette. going to give you a copy of the speech. Brian has the speech somewhere. He will not share it with me. It's probably in a box, maybe laminated. Did they do that back in those days? Anyways, all right. Moving on. Great training session today around an idea that um, we haven't talked a, a whole lot about, but Brian, you brought this up several weeks back, and it's something we think our team could benefit from understanding a bit more about. The topic is borrowing influence. We've all had moments in our work days and in our lives where we might have approached a colleague or a supervisor and said, hey, my executive would like blank, or my boss wants me to do this, can you do this? Or God told me we should date. We're, in those moments, we are borrowing the influence of a superior, of the Most High, in order to bring about an outcome for our benefit and for our work to progress and move forward. And so uh, there are some uh, negatives to borrowing influence, and we're going to get into those first. But before we do, Brian, give us a general introduction. What build out the idea of borrowing influence. How can it be a good thing? When can it not be so yeah, much you, of a good you thing? You were very diplomatic with that introduction. I think what we have heard is PMB once. Oh, okay. DZ said. <laughs> these are the phrases. These are the that, specifics. These are the phrases that can come up from time to time. And <laughs> I, yeah, I do think the first thing to understand is that it is okay to borrow influence at times. Uh, borrowing influence isn't de facto kind of a bad thing right. or, a, or a red zone. Don't never go there. <laughs> um, we even saw in the Bible with Nehemiah where he was given letters from mm. the king in order to go get materials and so forth that he needs. So sometimes borrowing influence is a good thing. Oftentimes that's when it's been expressly given and then subsequently needed. Mm. So there might be times when you have kind of been given the option to borrow influence, but you find out that, hey, I, I didn't actually need to do that. I was able to um, accomplish what I need to accomplish with my own influence. Hmm. So yeah, the first thing I wanted to just share was that it is okay at times. It's not a kind of 100% off limits. Sometimes PMB does say, hey, I want to do this, and then we need to go execute that right. um, activity. But there are at other times, and, and maybe a little bit more often than not, there are some um, negative impacts that can come from over borrowing influence so borrowing influence when I don't need to or when it wasn't necessarily given or specific um, there can be some some challenges that come yeah when we do that so the idea is it's a tool that we may use at the right time in certain you know situations but there's a danger of overusing that particular approach and tool right and we'll get into it I think maybe next time but in some situations um, where maybe some commander's intent was given but then I connect my personal plan to the intent and then I start saying hey uh, the commander wants to do this certain thing which is just you know my plan maybe right. uh, Dan says hey Tim I want to have the next staff meeting at the park uh, with the staff and all the families and have a wonderful time but and I want then, everyone to complete their sexual harassment training <laughs> so I say you can only come to the park Dan said you can only come to the park 
if you do your sexual that's harassment. Not training. the example I was going to okay, use. Okay, sorry. But, I was just thinking yeah. I could personalize uh, it. Right, right. So. But like, hey, we, Tim wants to do worship at the park. So then he goes to the worship team and says, hey, Dan wants us to do this great staff meeting at the park. We want to do worship at the park. Got it. And then they start thinking, well, Dan wants that specifically. Maybe he never actually said that. Mm. Maybe you're not even committed to the idea of worship at the park. <laughs> but everybody starts executing on it. Uh, based on the assumption that that was a specific request that you're using that influence right. to drive, and so, right. um, well, so, so let's, yeah. yeah, let's start with the individual then. So for each of those, so for me in that situation, what what are some of the the, the outcomes of me over borrowing influence in in a moment like that? To me, as the individual staff member, you know, pick pick who you are. How can it impact me as a, as, a, as a leader? Yeah, it kind of robs you of your opportunity to figure out how to build your own influence. Mm. Um, and when you kind of go to the extreme of that, you almost just become a shell for the person you're repeatedly borrowing from. Wow. Yeah. So if, if Tim is out and he's constantly kind of just saying, hey, Brian wants you to do this training and Brian wants you to do this other thing and Brian wants you to fill out a development plan. and Brian, At a point, it's kind of like, why don't we just talk to Brian? You're just kind of a <laughs> conduit for what he wants, and I'm obviously, I'm describing an, an extreme, sure. but um, as you you kind of maybe work in that direction, you've really lost the opportunity to build your own influence mm -hmm. and to learn how to build influence and credibility and rapport with your peers and the team so that you're able to say, hey, I would like you to do a development plan, mm -hmm. or we're asking you to do a development plan, and I believe it's important for these reasons and helpful to you for these reasons. Right but I don't need to use someone else's name to try to just get you to do something. Right. And so I think the real challenge if you're overusing it as an individual is that it just hurts your own influence and it mm -hmm. robs you of the ability to build influence that you can then operate from mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just as an individual. I think about to your example, let's say of a development plan, it also can maybe strip away some of just the inherent goodness and the importance of a particular thing. You know, it's good for us to be, you know, let's say, tracking our development, moving toward our goals. I can say that and let that be the reason for us moving forward with something versus, well, the boss wants us to do these. Right. <laughs> Dan or really the organization has wants yeah, us to do Yeah, right, whatever, right. Like, like, it's okay to almost say, this has goodness inherent to it. It's helpful. It's aligned with our culture and our vision. So we're doing yeah, that. And it, it, it forces you to articulate a more inspirational and compelling why. Mm. We do development plans because they're good for us for these reasons, not because the organization has told us we must. That's not right. a very compelling or inspiring why for a development plan. Right, right. Um, but if you're quick to just say, hey, you got to do it because we said so, or Dan said so, or Pastor Matt wants it, or whatever, right. you, you don't have to actually flesh out why are we doing this, which helps you build your own influence because people begin to trust the things that you're asking them to do are rooted in a good reason. Yeah, yeah, that's great. There's some practical impacts to just to our organization as a whole, to our teams as a whole. Uh, talk about some of the negative impacts that are some just really practical day-to-day -day things that overborrowing influence can lead to. Yeah, it can really just lead to some conflicts in decision making. Like it, it slows us down. It makes us less effective at pace if we're kind of regularly having to say, "Well, man." Uh, Adam Workman wants this, but Brian thinks it should go this way. Well, now we have to go resolve it. And maybe Adam and I never actually thought about it or talked about it, but someone is borrowing our influence based on some intent that we have. And now we're stuck in this time of having to kind of go resolve that. Mm -hmm. um, or, hey, well, let's go back and figure out what, what DZ actually said or actually wants. 
because we're sitting in a place where we feel like he said this, but we're actually not sure that's the direction that we're going to go. Well, now we've got to stop and go actually figure out what Dan said. Mm. So these are things that can just kind of slow us down, make it harder for us to make decisions in the moment and make movement in the moment um, because we're all kind of almost um, sitting underneath the weight of the, the idea that someone has said something or, or asked for something that maybe they ne never really did. Right, right. Yeah. And we're going to talk, like you mentioned, you kind of give a, a brief teaser. Part two, we're going to do a part two of this and just talk about some of the uh, practical ways we can um, get through those moments of maybe we are at a competing priority moment where there's two ideas that are being brought to the table by by two different executives that say well, this is what we want to do right how do we how do we as staff get through those moments lead well through those so we'll talk some more uh, practical options when let's say priorities collide we'll hit yeah. that in a, in a part two next time so uh, this is great. So we talked some individual things that overborrowing influence can cause for us as leaders, some of the ways it can impact the organization, but talk a little bit about some of the cultural impacts, uh, you know, things that can happen to us as a, our culture um, as a result of overborrowing. Yeah, I think the cultural impact is, is a deeper, more personal one that can emerge when this becomes uh, very frequent or very common in an organization or, or with a particular individual. Um, if you imagine, I'll, pick on, I'll keep picking on Tim just because he's here with I'm, me. But, I'm, I can see um, <laughs> If Tim is repeatedly just kind of saying, hey, Brian wants this and Brian's asking for that, he's got everyone around him working under the weight of, hey, if I don't do what Tim says, I'm dishonoring the leadership or I'm mm. dishonoring Brian. And a point that starts to feel like, man, there's a real heavy weightiness to that. It's like, I don't really know what to do. Like, how do I um, voice what I think or what I'm feeling or, or suggesting um, without feeling like I'm dishonoring Brian? Because it's just he's constantly being brought into everything Tim's working on. Hmm. Um, and that can end up causing people to distrust the person that's borrowing the influence so regularly. They start to say, man, I'm not sure Brian's saying all these things to Tim. I think Tim <laughs> might just be coming up and, it, and it, can, it can begin to create a sense of distrust, even if not mm. purposely. Um, but they start to kind of wonder at that. And at a point, maybe they start, you know, kind of eye rolling Tim every time he says Brian wants to do this or Brian wants to go in this direction or so forth. It almost becomes kind of a, man, I don't know what to do anymore. I feel like I need to honor Brian. I feel like I want to honor our leadership, but I'm not sure that this is what we want to do. I'm not even sure Tim's convinced what we want to do, but I, I can't challenge it or ask a question about it because, you know, it, it's what Brian wants to do. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. Um, and that begins to create just this difficult um, place for our culture to live in, particularly because we do want to honor and support leadership. We want to move at pace. Um, and when we're just kind of regularly borrowing that influence, it can begin to build a distrust um, yeah. with people. A, a situation comes to mind where maybe, and it, we'll continue in using you and I as an example, maybe you have said, hey, I want, I want this thing to happen. And I go to our team and say, you know, um, two approaches. One is, hey, Brian wants this thing to happen. And maybe there's some initial feedback from the team around, some obstacles, some concerns, some whatever that may, may be arising based on the idea. I can then sit in that moment, double down and go, well, Brian said this is what we, he wants us Gosh, to do. Gosh darn it, we're yeah, going to so do, gonna do it. it. Yeah. But if I go in and maybe I start this way and say, hey team, we're needing to come up with a solution to this problem. I'd like for us to think about going in this direction. 
I know where your head's at maybe and I know what you'd like for us to do, but I don't start there. I say, what do you guys think? I get some of that feedback and then I come back to you and say, hey, talk to the team. Here's what we're thinking. We came up with a couple other alternatives. What do you think about that? You go, that's better than my idea yeah. was. And I tell you, a leader loves that because it's like, I have an idea, but I don't know that that's the best idea. Right. And if we go to the team kind of with the intent or the problem we're trying to solve, the challenge we're facing, and, and you're able to come back and say, hey, I, I know that you weren't dug in on this particular plan. Right. Hey, here's some, some other thoughts that came up. It's like, wonderful, let's go do something different. Right. Um, because it can, can be challenging even for the leader. It's like, I better not say anything to Tim because he's going to go do exactly what I say <laughs> and make everyone do it. And I'm not actually convinced that it's the best plan. I would just like to begin fleshing out what the best plan Or was. had that much you know, skin in the game, let's yeah. say, to say it has to be exactly this, meaning this, this idea is intrinsic to me feeling uh, like this is the successful win. Like there could be right. many other ways to win. I just want the team to move toward and one here, of them. Here's maybe an example or something like that. And then <laughs> right. I, I, I get to where I feel like I can't even uh, offer an idea because as soon as I do, then it's going to go yeah. be executed. It's like, I, I wasn't that convinced. Yeah. And not to belabor the point, but I really, I do think if you think about our culture of honor, sitting in a meeting and going, having it go one of the two ways we just talked about the first way of, well, this is just what Brian wants us to do. So we have to do it. That's not driving great unity. It's not driving great honor toward you, toward the team, sort of everyone sitting in this weight of, well, yeah. he just wants that. It, it's it, to me, it's such a better alternative to come in with more of that. Hey, I'm going to take some ownership as a leader myself. Mm -hmm. Brian said this, but I want to flesh it out with the team. And then I'm going to go back to him and then say, maybe this is what we do instead. And that's kept everybody feeling collaborative, everybody feeling unified. No one's sitting there feeling like they're all frustrated at someone who's not even in the room. And you've exercised your muscle for how do I communicate an idea? How do I facilitate a conversation? How do I navigate us towards the best plan? Right. And even communicate it back to the person who was asking. And, and you're a better leader because of it at the end of that. Yeah, I, lo I love that. That's great. Anything else on the cultural side? We got one more kind of bucket to hit as far as the impact to overborrowing. But um, anything else on culture you want to highlight? Uh, no, I think that's it. So what what would be? You know, we've hit we've hit the individual implications of overborrowing. We've hit the practical. Hit some of the cultural. Um, again, we said that there are cases and times when it is good to borrow influence. So kind of as we close out this part one, what's just some general ideas around, what, is, what should our mindset be around borrowing influence? Sure, I think I just come back to kind of what I shared at the beginning, um, which is just the idea of borrow influence when it's explicitly given and then subsequently necessary. Mm. Like when it's explicitly given and then subsequently necessary. And what I personally try to do is really just discern when I'm getting commander's intent and when I'm getting a specific direction. Like mm. if Pastor Dan gives me a direction, then I'm gonna go do it. But most often he's not. He's giving me an intent or a challenge we're trying to solve or an opportunity that we wanna capitalize on. Um, it's actually rare that he's saying, go do exactly this. Mm. And so I'm trying to just discern that and when there's room to, um, to operate in the intent, that's my opportunity to grow my influence and try to come up with great ideas and that kind of thing. Um, so, uh, discerning when it's intent versus direction, That's good. and then just making sure that uh, influence has, has been given and then is necessary. Yeah, that's great. That's great. This is great. Great part one. I love this idea. I think that this is something we may not have all 
uh, thought about in these terms, the borrowing influence idea, but it's certainly something we've all either been on the giving or receiving end of. It's a very normal, natural thing as we work together and collaborate. And so excited to do a part two around what do we do when there are uh, when there is a collision of priority. We've got two sort of go do these things, maybe two commanders attempt, uh, intents come together. What are some tools and some approaches that we can have in our tool belt already to, to overcome those moments and those situations. Cool. So Sounds that'll good. be on for next time. Otherwise, everybody have a great week, and we'll talk again soon.